So hi, one of the Noise podcast with Seymour Glass. We're going to ask him some questions today. I'm going to start. So what inspired you to start the project, and what does the project name mean? Oh, God. Um, well, I started the project, I think it was around 2008. Uh, so I had I was in my band at the time. Uh, we were called Dear Holden. And um, you're probably catching the Salinger references, but I was really into Catcher in the Rye when I was in, uh, when I was in high school. So the name kind of came about through that. So, um, yeah, so the project started in 2008 and it was just kind of like I was writing these acoustic songs that weren't really fitting with the band and we were kind of, uh, in a weird spot at that point. So, um, I mean, we had four pretty good years and like the last two years were kind of weird and, uh, they, they really wanted to go like a direction, like, uh, like a day to remember, like four years strong type of deal. And I was just like. I love those bands, but I was just like, that is not, that wasn't the kind of music I was, I was writing and wanting to write. So, uh, Seymour Glass was kind of born out of that. And the, the name actually comes from, uh, the character in, in, uh, Salinger's story, A Lovely Day for Banana Fish. And the character, like, without telling you the entire story, basically what happens is Seymour Glass is like the super intellectual character who, um, has this experience with this young girl where he like hunts for banana fish in the water and the banana fish aren't real. Uh, but at the end of it, like, it seems like he's super happy. And like, you can tell in the beginning of the story, he was having problems with his wife and he goes upstairs uh, to his hotel room and actually kills himself. And like, that's how the story ends. And it was just like this really, I read it and it was so jarring to me when I read it and it just stuck in my mind. And I thought that would just be an interesting name. And it, it always has been for all these years. And then uh, it was like right as I was putting up Graveyard Gertie on Spotify, like there's a German band with the same name. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, caught my, they got the Spotify thing before I could get to it. So it was like two months beforehand they nabbed it. So I was kind of bummed about that. And I've been thinking about changing it, but uh, I think I'm just going to keep it because it's, it's been a part of my life for like a, like 12 years now. So why not just keep it the same it also rolls off the tongue really well so thank you yeah it's one of the names i haven't fucked up so (laughs) (laughs) it's awesome how long have you guys been doing this podcast oh my god tomorrow's a year it's a year that's Mm -hmm. so cool man yeah man quit (laughs) (laughs) and this is our last one no no it isn't No, it was really cool. I was, uh, I've been, I've been was setting up my classroom. I'm, I'm a teacher, and um, I was setting up my classroom, and I was listening to it. Uh, I think I listened to the Maxwell Stern interview, and um, uh, the dude from uh, Spanish Love Songs, and a couple other ones. I, can't, I can't remember the names, but I was just, I was just really impressed. I thought you guys did an excellent job. Thank you. Thank Glad you. you're here. Yeah. Everybody, everybody loves the fucking Spanish Love Songs interview. Yeah. But we're never going to get that opportunity ever again because I may or may not have fucked it up at the end. <laughs> no, dude, you did a great job. I thought it was really cool. I thought it was Aww. really cool. I, I was impressed. Name. I was like, wow, these guys are getting some serious names on here. So yeah. I, I just thought that was amazing. Yeah. I forgot his name, though, at the end. So, yeah. I honestly, I'm blanking right now. So, <laughs> Dylan, I know it now. Yeah. I didn't exactly. know it then. We know it now. Yeah. <laughs> That's all that matters. Yeah. Exactly. Well, thank so. you for listening. We appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, thank it. you. It means a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, all right. Uh, so back to your music. Sure. Uh, congrats on your newest release, Graveyard okay. Gertie. How do you feel about the response to it so far? 
Uh, well, Gertie was an interesting um, experience. It actually kind of came out in, let's see, it was 20, I think I released it in 2017 now. It's weird. Like I'm, I'm about to turn 32 and it's just, the years just fly by and I just can't, I have no concept of time anymore. Um, but it, yeah, I released it in 2017 and uh, I, I talk a lot, so I'm going to go on tangents. Okay. My, okay. my students are always like, Oh my God, can this guy ever going to shut up? But no, <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's what you're supposed to do on podcasts. So, um, so basically uh, once my band was over in 2010, so uh, we called it quits in July and it was just, it was just like this moment where I felt like, it was over. You know, it's, it's weird. I have these, these uh, things in my life where I just, I just come to a decision about something. I'm just like, okay, it's, it's done. And uh, that was kind of it. And they didn't last too much longer after I left. Um, and then the, everything was just kind of on hold for a while. Cause I was, I was in college and I was working, you know, full-time job and I was really trying to get through all of that and to become a teacher. And then after I became a teacher, it was like, I kind of picked up and dusted off the old guitar and I'd only written like one song in seven years. And I was just like, um, I'm going to see if I, if I can still do it. And, and Graveyard Gertie was kind of born out of that. So uh, I just started writing songs and, and a lot of the songs that came out were like super emotional and, and really um, like just right where I was at that moment and i i mean I, it's interesting because i listen to it now and it it seems like these songs are so depressing <laughs> and sad you know which which uh but at the time i mean i just felt like so connected to them and uh i was just i was just really proud my buddy and i recorded it in a day and and uh it was just it was just kind of a test to see if i could still do it and um it came out pretty well and and i was pretty excited about it but um the response to it has been overall pretty positive uh at the time like i didn't really think about like marketing or anything or like pushing it out there it was just kind of like i'm just gonna throw it up and see what happens but everybody who's listened to it has been has been super stoked on it um my my mother-in-law was just like are you okay like do you need help she was <laughs> she was kind of freaking out she was like oh my god oh my god i think, I think he's depressed but, but <laughs> which I was, so it were, <laughs> she was correct, but I mean, it, it's all good, but um, yeah, it was, it was, it was a fun project. All right. Wait, 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 so did I mishear you? Or did you say you've recorded like the entire album in a day? Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, I mean, I guess it was two days, but um, the whole, th the whole EP came together in a day, like, and it was just, it was just because of time uh, mm -hmm. and money. Cause I, I didn't have a lot of extra money and my buddy, um, he owns a local guitar shop and him and I played together for years. Uh, but uh, he was, I just called him one day and I was like, dude, I got these like six or seven songs. Would you be interested in, in helping me lay them down? And he was like, yeah, that's fine. And I think I, I think I paid him a hundred bucks and you know, we just sat down and went through them and he added a lot of like the embellishments, like the piano and stuff. But uh, yeah, pretty much all the vocal tracks were like one to two takes and yeah. So it was, it was an, it was a fun experience. It was just kind of throw it, throw everything at the wall and see what sticks and that's it and just leave it as it is. Uh -huh. It came out pretty good for that. It did, yeah. yeah. Wow. That's impressive. Doesn't sound like it was recorded in a day. That's for damn exactly. sure. Exactly. 
Yeah. Uh, thank you. Yeah, That's, think... well, I'll, actually, all my releases so far have been that way. The other one, um, if you really want to hear about it, which I did in like 2010, uh, all those songs were done in like a day too. And it, again, it was just because of time and, and like my buddy Kyle and I, we just didn't know what we were doing. We were just messing around. And, but I mean, I'm still pretty proud of the way that came out as well. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's like, it's cool to look, kind of look back at these different milestones, you know, and just see like wh where, where you were at those at the time. And it's interesting too, how these songs kind of change uh meaning to you you know like you you write something and you think you know oh man like i totally feel this way about it and then as you grow older and you look back at it you're just like wow i mean i see it totally differently now so that's been kind of fun with these with these uh eps too but yeah yeah solid uh, yeah so can you tell me a little bit about your writing process oh okay um well actually Yes, I can. Um, let's see where to start with that. Uh, so that is a great question. So I, I'm, I teach a creative writing class and like so much of what I teach is about process. Uh, and I found like what's best for my process is I keep like a ton of notebooks. So I've always just kept a notebook of thoughts and, and things that, you know, I've always wanted to write down. And at the first, like, I mean, I started like when, the fr when I was a freshman in high school and, and I've just kind of kept them. I don't know if you can see behind me, they're all like stacked in there. There's like 12 or 13 of them that are just full of crap. <laughs> and uh, so I, I, I write a lot and then I kind of sit down and put like a melody to it. And then the guitar parts are always secondary. Like it's, it's weird. I've always kind of been that kind of writer where, uh, guitar and, and the music was secondary and I was always really focused on like vocal melodies and, uh, like lyrics. That's always kind of been my, my process is like, that's the stuff I want to get right. So like, I tend to spend a lot, uh, way too much time, like pouring over lyrics and thinking, you know, is, am I saying this the right way? Should I rephrase it? You know, what's, what's the best way to say this line? Um, so like in the, the new record that I'm working on right now, um, I don't want to say too much about, cause like, who knows when it's actually going to happen because of COVID. It was supposed to actually happen this past summer, Aww. but, um, COVID happened and I didn't get Dang. to go to the studio that I wanted and, and record it. So, it's all postponed till next summer, which has kind of been a blessing in disguise because I've reworked a lot of the songs and uh, uh, it's, it's actually kind of come out better. But uh, yeah, I just I just keep playing things and playing things and, and whittling the songs down. Um, one of the things about Gertie that I learned is that so many of those songs were like five minutes long, <laughs> which is crazy. And I was just like, oh my God, no, who wants to sit and listen to me, you know, whine about being sad for five minutes. So I, I've really tried with this, these new songs to kind of like, uh, just leave the, to coin a phrase, uh, meat and potatoes and, you know, and just kind of take all the extra stuff out as much as I can. Because uh, I, I, as much as I want them to convey like emotion, I want them to be like really good pop songs too, and like mm -hmm. just really catchy. Um, I always wanted to channel like, uh, I mean, I was I was a really big fan of like Fall Out Boys, like From Under the Cork Tree and and Infinity on High, and I just love those records, and I love the pop pop sensibilities in there, and I always kind of wanted to keep that with with my sound, so. 
Sick. Yeah. That's right. that's kind of yeah, that's kind of my process. It's solid. Yeah, it's weird. It's kind of all over the place, but <laughs> but it works. So like yeah, that's yeah. all that matters. Honestly, exactly. as long as yeah, exactly. As long as you get a song out of it, exactly. That's and it's a weird win. how it's weird how they come too, because it's like uh, you know sometimes it's just it just starts with a vocal melody in the morning and and it just kind of runs with it. And then there's other songs that, you know, you just kind of have to drag kicking and screaming through the room until they eventually come out. And those are always the ones that like drive me crazy. I love the ones that you just pound out and like, that's it. Like interesting story. One of, one of the newer songs uh, that I wrote, um, (laughs) my, my wife and I were asleep and it was like, I don't know, four o'clock and she like wakes me up and she's like, my wife calls me muffin she said muffin there's something in the hallway which is not something you ever want to hear right (laughs) when you're when you're deep in sleep yeah and I was like okay so I get up out of bed and I look and it's a freaking bat (laughs) and there's a bat in our house and it's like flying around the house I promise this ends with a song uh, so eventually I knock this thing out of the front door and the bat is gone and I couldn't get back to sleep so I sat down on my couch and I wrote a song and it I, it was just one of my favorite experiences ever. I mean, the whole thing just kind of came out and it was just this weird uh, conglomeration of everything I'd been going through, which it, it was just a, just a really neat, like 30 minute thing. And there it is, and <laughs> which I love. But yeah, it was that was that was probably one of the easiest times I've I've ever written something. Everything else is kind of a struggle. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Wow, that was scary. <laughs> yeah that was a long way to get to that <laughs> no no it was just a bat in the hallway that's terrifying oh, oh it was yeah and then like a week later it got back in how even more terrifying well apparently like one of the like uh one of the pipes in the ceiling or something had come loose so it it had to like get in through that and then it had to like somehow fly down in through our our bathroom fan vent it was crazy like it's been gone. I fixed it and it's gone, but it was quite a life-changing experience. We were both just terrified. And I mean, she still is, is terrified to be upstairs alone. Sometimes she's just like, she'll wake me up at like four. She's like, I think I hear bat wings. And I'm like, you don't hear bat wings. Let me go back to bed. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. It was a crazy experience. That is definitely the most interesting answer we've gotten to that question. (laughs) For sure. Well, good, good, man. I'm good. I'm glad you enjoyed the story. It was <laughs> it was wild. <laughs> Definitely. All right. It was wild. So where's your headspace usually while creating music? Do you have to like fight a bat to get a song or <laughs> not usually. Um okay. let's see. Uh so usually when I when I approach writing, um the the best way for me has been to not think about it too much. because uh, whenever uh, last year I got I got pretty bogged down in the process of just like sitting every single night and trying to push something and force something. And it, it never really worked well for me. Um, I just kept, I kept writing and I think I was just kind of experimenting with my process a little bit um, just because I know like a lot of creators have a different, you know, method and mine isn't the sit down and push things out until something comes. I just kind of have to wait until that inspiration really hits, mm-hmm. um, which for me is usually in the morning. Oh. surprisingly, like I'll wake oh. up and I'll have something in my head and I'll, 
I'll write it down. Um, there's a lot of songs that I've kind of written walking out the front door to school. And it's, it's nice because it's just like I'm thinking about something other than what I have to do for the day. So it's almost yeah. like a really nice distraction. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's I mean, that's kind of I, I try not to overthink it until I get into like the editing process. And I really start trying to like rework the songs. Uh, but in at the beginning, I just kind of just throw it all in the notebook lyrically and and just kind of don't think too much about the guitar parts and i just kind of write the best i can get it all out and and then i kind of edit from there okay all right wow solid uh so what band or artist influences do you think you can hear the most in your music oof that is a great question um well uh lately um I've been listening to a ton of Jeff Rosenstock's new record lately. No Dream. As you should. Are you guys mm-hmm. familiar with that? Oh, we listen to it, yeah. yeah. Oh, that record is unreal. So good. Yeah. I listen to that every day on the way to school, and it's just like, it just gets me through the day. <laughs> it's <laughs> so, so good. Um, I don't know if you hear Jeff Rosenstock in my stuff. My stuff's a little sad. Uh, but for Gertie, I was really trying to be kind of experimental. Um, I'm trying to think of like a specific artist. Uh, I was really going for a folky vibe because I really, I really wanted to blend that like folk and pop punk. Like I've always tried to like meld those two genres together, mm-hmm. um, but not so much in like a Frank Turner type of way. Uh, I want it to be a little bit more melodic and have like a little bit more like emo mixed up in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm still kind of working on that. And I don't know if it truly came out in Gertie, but there are spots, I think, where where it started to. Um, but on these new songs, I feel like there's a lot more uh, intricacy with the guitar parts. And uh, I feel like there was a lot of repetition on Gertie. Like I felt like I sang choruses a lot and stuff. And, and I I'm tried to kind of stray away from that uh, and, and play around with different uh, like structures so like they'll have a i'll have a song that has like you know just like three verses and one chorus at the end or something like that just to play around with structure a little bit um and into it over it really influenced me with that uh so i'm i'm super excited for figure i don't know you guys listen to into it over it at all or evan weiss no no oh Mm -hmm. you should it's excellent excellent stuff yeah Mm -hmm. um but yeah, so that that was that's been a huge influence. Um, some smaller bands that I just kind of want to shout out: um, No Era, I think, uh, is from Philly. Uh, big fan of their record, uh, Bird in Flight, something something. I don't know what the <laughs> title of it is, but it's an excellent record. I've been listening to that a lot. Uh, and Saint Judas, I've been listening to that too. Um, good dude, I think is. I'm not, I think he's also out of Philly, but, um, I've just been trying, I'm like neurotic about finding new music to listen to all the time. And, and especially like artists that are like not known yet. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so that's, that's something that I really try to do. And it it keeps things fresh too, I think, because I think you listen to too much, like kind of mainstream stuff and it starts to bog you down a little bit. Um, so I'm always trying to look for, look for new and interesting stuff. Yeah. But I mean, I listen to a lot of classic stuff too. Like I got, like when I was writing Gertie, I got super into Bob Dylan. Mm-hmm. Um, so I listened to Bob Dylan's Blonde on Blonde a lot and Times They Are Changing, Highway 61. Um, what 
Thoughts. I was listening to uh, Laura Jane Grace, uh, Against Me's uh, Transgender Dysphoria Blues. That record kicks. Um, yeah. Front Bottoms, uh, Modern Baseball, Ooh, you know, yeah, yeah. all, yeah, all mm-hmm. those really, really good bands. So, yeah, that's, I mean, that's kind of, I guess, the, the stuff that I've been listening to to try and influence my sound. Okay. Solid. Wow. Okay. I like the idea of just trying to find new artists. So then yeah. you're able to maybe take like a little bit from each one that not that's, many people have heard about. That's so cool. I don't know. Thank you. That's yeah. like, that's always been my goal. Like one of the things that, um, like I said, I'm a creative writing teacher. And one of the things that I always, I always do uh, with my creative writing students is we start off with poetry and we do a poem a day for 10 days. And I always give them like a different poet each day. And it's so they can see like all the different styles and the different way that these people write poetry because um i had a i had a teacher in college who who said like like uh we're always constantly stealing from like other people like all great literature and all great music is just kind of like stolen from somebody else and you just kind of do it in your own way right Mm -hmm. so it's i mean i just i love that idea that that music like no matter the genre or anything it's all kind of connected you know, just by this commonality of, of the things that we use and, and that we talk about. And uh, I, I just, I love that shared experience and about all art, um, yeah. music, poetry, you know, literature, all that stuff. And I just, I just love that, that I can be a part of that with, with my stuff. And I, I hope to be a part of it someday, <laughs> a bigger <laughs> part of it, yeah. you know, yeah. but. Sick. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Uh, so this question should go like super, super quick. Okay. I want you to describe your music in three words. Three words. Three words off the uh, top of your head. Sad emo folk. That oh, wow. Easy. That was quick. That was really yeah. quick. Wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike every other answer to every question you guys have asked. <laughs> Sad emo folk. Yes. Wonderful. Wonderful. Um. <laughs> So is there a certain feeling you want your listeners to have listening to your music? Um, I, I think I would like my, like people who listen to my music, I would like there to be some empathy there and uh, some catharsis. Uh, Cause I think all, all my favorite artists, um, the, the thing that I get out of music is having that cathartic feeling and that connection, that emotional connection of, wow, see, somebody else is going through this too, or, you know, I'm not the only one who's depressed or I'm not the only one who's struggling with my job or, you know, my marriage or my life or, you know, things like that. So I just, I, I think that relatability is is so incredibly important. And, uh, I just, I just want, I think I want people who listen to my music to just not feel alone. Mm. I think that's what I would say. All right. Oh, okay. Love that. Okay. So there's a seven year gap in between your last two releases yeah what happened there and then there's also a three-year gap in between your most recent release and your upcoming release yeah what what happened there what what the frick man (laughs) yeah my okay so you process my process it takes Mm -hmm. a long time um but basically the seven-year gap so i quit my band in 2010 and it, it was really I mean, it was a life-changing decision, and it was also a really difficult decision because 
Uh, I mean, I had been with those guys for six years and like my creative process was all mixed up in theirs, mm. uh, specifically me and the drummer. Like we were, we were super tight in terms of um, the way that we worked on our music. Uh, but we, I mean, the relationship grew kind of toxic as we grew older and kind of, he got into different things. Um, and it was just, it was just one of those situations where you just kind of have to step away from and you're just like, this is not working for me and I kind of need to leave. But it was, it was hard because like, I mean, those are the guys that I learned how to play guitar with. Those are the guys that I learned how to write music with. And, uh, when I, when I quit the band, like I wrote, um, the first song, uh, this is your mess. You clean it up on graveyard Gertie. That song was written like in 2011, like 2010, like right after I quit the band. Wow. And then I didn't write another song for like seven years. And it was just because I had to relearn how to do that. Like I had to find my own way, I guess. Um, so that's, that's kind of why I just didn't feel, I didn't feel confident enough. I had pretty low self-esteem at the time. And I was just like, I need to figure out how to write songs again and plus i was you know so caught up in college and you know becoming a teacher and working full-time and my wife and i had just moved out on our own and planning a wedding and i mean it was just all all this other stuff that just took precedent over it um but whenever whenever gertie came around the the origin story for gertie is kind of interesting i have it on on my band camp but i'll i'll kind of do a condensed version for you guys um, so when I was in college, I was working at a nursing home uh, and I was working in the kitchen, like washing dishes and stuff. And towards the end of my time there, I say it was probably the last year, there was this guy who came in. His name was Herschel Bloom. He was a resident and he had like really bad Parkinson's and him and I just kind of met by chance. I mean, was, I think he was in his 60s. Um, but he was telling me stories like he lived in Oregon, he played all these folk festivals and he wrote all this music and I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. He told me he had Jerry Garcia's glasses, <laughs> like he was doing drugs with Gary, Jerry Garcia and I was just like, okay, man, whatever. Wow. But then like, uh, he actually somehow got me a copy of his music and I was listening to it and I was just fascinated by it. I was just blown away and I was like, this is, here's this old man who is just like the coolest human being I've ever met and like nobody knows him like mm. nobody knows his stuff and it was just heartbreaking yeah. uh, so I would take my guitar in and on my lunch breaks I'd go down and I'd sit with him and, and play music with him and I mean he's he's the one because he'd always sing Bob Dylan and then I kind of got into Bob Dylan through that and he loved like the Beatles which I've never been a big Beatles guy but like he he really there was a couple songs that he sang that I got really into uh, so and then as I got my job teaching and I had to leave this, this job. And, uh, shortly after I left, he passed away, which was really difficult, you know? And it was, it was hard because like, I worked in that nursing home for like nine years, which is crazy to say now, but, um, you, you really kind of detach yourself from, from people, you know, you detach yourself from death. Mm -hmm. So like, you just, you see it so often, you know, and you just watch these people like, pass away and that's just part of the job uh but his really kind of stung and i realized like i over the course of this like i've kind of become numb to to death so fast forward a little bit my wife uh my wife's family takes a trip to west virginia every year and we went down one year and there was this like random like as you can see behind me i'm a huge vinyl nerd uh and right there was this weird um 
like dudes like selling records on the side of the road right so i go and i and i we were looking through records and i found this 78 record you know it's like the super old ones like one song on each side Mm -hmm. and it had like graveyard gertie like carved into it like somebody had like taken the name of the actual song off and just carved graveyard gertie into it and i was just like I mean that's where the inspiration kind of came from and i was just i just got this vision in my head of like these weird like corpses like dancing in a graveyard which sounds kind of silly now but that was kind of my inspiration for for uh the record and if you watch the music video um that we have that i have on youtube that my buddies and i did we actually filmed some of it in the cemetery where like i used to go as a kid and like hang out maybe that says too much about me that I used to hang out in cemeteries but um and that was I mean that was a huge part for me just going back to that you know my childhood like my first experience with death and like visiting this graveyard that I used to go to all the time and and just like kind of thinking about uh death in that way so that record was just me kind of like I don't know. It's just I, I think on the thing, the, the like the subheading of it is like a musical meditation on death or something, which is the pretentious way to say it. But, <laughs> you know, it, it was that's kind of what it was. I mean, just me kind of thinking about that and and what it meant to me and and in my life at that time. Oh, mm-hmm. all right. Wait, did you buy the vinyl that had Graveyard Gertie on it? Yes, I did. Yeah. Okay, good. All right. Yeah. Good. I wish I would have had the foresight to get it and like <laughs> so I could show you guys. Mm-hmm. I'll to, I'll take a picture. I'll send it to you through All the right. email. So okay, sick. It. It's, yeah, it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, uh, on a lighter note, uh, where do you see the project in the next five years? Okay. Well, you know, I do have a full album like written and ready to go. Um, and I'm just, I just actually bought some recording equipment and I'm working on demoing right now. So I'm just kind of like things together piece by piece. Um, but next summer I hope to, to record in an actual studio. Cause that, that was always kind of my dream when I was with the actual band is like, I just wanted to get to a point where I recorded in a studio. Cause I'm kind of weird in the way that I, I, I'm kind of, I guess, anxious about playing live shows. Like I did it when I was in the band, but we never, I mean, we never had like a huge crowd. It just nothing ever really took off for mm-hmm. us. And um, I don't know the live setting. I've always been kind of like a socially awkward and kind of anxious person. So the live settings always kind of weirded me out, but I love the writing process and I love creating. So um, I want to, I just, I want to experience what it's like to be in a real recording studio once in my life. So that's kind of the next step for me is next summer. I'm going to record this record, hopefully barring any other you know global pandemics <laughs> hopefully we don't have any more the alien invasion um, yeah. yeah but uh and and then after that i'm gonna kind of see where it goes but i i mean i think any artist would say like every time you write something and you're like you always have that like will i ever write anything again which is exactly how i felt after i wrote gertie um but i i feel like you know I feel that same way with these songs. I feel like, oh man, these are the best songs I've ever done. And I don't know how I could get any, go any farther with this in terms of my creativity. But somehow, like once you get past that point and you put out that record or you put out that release and you start thinking about the next thing and ideas just start coming. So mm-hmm. I'm going to work really hard to just kind of like pause my my creative process right now and just make sure I I can make these songs the best they can be. And then you know put out that record 
that's kind of it yeah yeah I'd, I'd love i mean i'd love to do a tour one day i don't know if it's in the cards it's just so hard with my job um yeah. but maybe in a summer you know maybe i could do like a little summer tour or something yeah, two week little, tour or something little summer run there yeah, yeah. that'd be so cool yeah oh my god okay oh no on a little darker note, uh, for the last <laughs> couple of questions, we're actually going to shift away from music, if that's okay. That's totally And uh, we're going to go to death row. Ooh. So, if you're on death row, what would your last meal be with a drink? Mm, can I make the meal? Yes. Sure. Okay. Um, I've been making some pretty bomb vegan tacos lately. Yo, let's go. So, yeah. like, vegan tacos with jackfruit. Um and I've been making like a mango salsa that's pretty delicious. Mm, yeah. And some rice, some Mexican rice. Uh, I think that would be an excellent meal. And a drink. Oh, um, let's see. I've been, I've, I've taken up the habit of drinking LaCroix. Yes, <laughs> as you should. Uh, oh I, I like, it's it's static an addiction water. for me. It's so bad because it's like every like every day I have to have two. Like I have my two LaCroix that I drink every single day and it's it's my thing. But it's like kind of got me away from like drinking soda, which has been amazing. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, away from alcohol, which has been good for my mental health. <laughs> so, <laughs> so those are. Yeah. So um, definitely LaCroix, I think, on death row, which is probably the lamest. <laughs> no, it's not. Because Glory that's would also have my it. drink. Yeah. Glory <laughs> would have it. Or, or so. a good wait, wait. scotch. We'll say that. The okay. LaCroix right. or a good scotch. How about both? Mix them. Or both. Oh. Yeah. yeah, sure. Sure. All I'll right. do that. Um, wait, wait, what's wait, what's what's your LaCroix flavor? Like, what's your favorite? Oh man, uh, I do mango or passion fruit. Typically, I'm also I also really like uh, pamplemousse and key lime. Okay, uh, those are like taste. Do you have one? Do you have a favorite? Uh, grapefruit. I'm a grapefruit uh, person. Yeah, nice. or lime. Just like any basic like flavor, or just like grapefruit or blueberry. Not blueberry, blackberry. Just like. Uh-huh anything really yeah. did you try the hibiscus like the weird flower one no i haven't i want to though it is, is it, weird it's it, is it like a good weird or like well it's a weird like uh once you drink it you kind of get used to it mm-hmm. like after a couple cans you're like okay i think i can do this but like it took me a little while it was just yeah. kind of like it's kind of like a ooh. Yeah, tastes, yeah. It tastes like you're drinking flowers. Oh, <laughs> that's really, not very pleasant. Wait, have you strange. tried? Have you tried the watermelon one? I've. It's not like watermelon, oh. but it's like I, I've heard like bad things about it. But I still want to try it because the can looks like really pretty. Oh man, but, I'll have to try yeah. that. No, I haven't. I haven't even seen it around here. Maybe it hasn't come to Ohio yet. Ohio's oh. usually slow on the uptake with those things. <laughs> that's right. Ohio I think it's a new flavor. Last, it's the worst. Oh dang! All right. Man. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. Um. I'll be on the look out for the watermelon mccroy though that sounds amazing definitely same yeah uh so if you could live in one fictional world for a week where would you live oh dude oh that is so tough um oh my gosh i'm trying to think of like a a quick answer so there's not like dead air on your podcast um (laughs) but i mean good lord oh there's so many I would okay. Here we go. I would I would go if only for like a day because I wouldn't want to experience it completely. But I would love to see what it would be like in Orwell's 1984, like in Oceana. I don't know if you mm-hmm. guys are familiar with, with Orwell's 
1984, but it's like one of my favorite books. And like, it's like super dystopian. And I, I would just like to go and see like, okay, is Oceana under, you know, big brother's rule and, and the party and like this super controlling government, like, is that as bad as the Trump era? <laughs> is, it, is, is it as bad? I mean, cause I, for me, it kind of is. I, I just, I just a point of comparison. I think it's, it's pretty damn close. <laughs> Hopefully I didn't offend anybody with that comment, but yeah, this these past four years have been brutal. They, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, so I have the honor of asking the last question, and every single person we've spoken to has said it's the most important question. Bring it What's on. your favorite color? Favorite color. I gotta go with green. Do you have a specific shade? I always like 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 lime green you know like uh yeah like the neon bright ones right yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, because like i'm like a super punk kid at heart like grew up like loving the sex pistols like it just like i see that like light pink and that light green and it just makes me so happy (laughs) wonderful solid happiness uh so as glory said that's all the questions we have today is there anything you'd like to plug um just uh if you can go check out um graveyard gertie it's on my Bandcamp, camp uh seymourglass.bandcamp.com i'm also on spotify uh seymour glass is all one word um also if you can uh i don't know if you see my shirt but donate to uh no more dysphoria if you can support our our trans people in this crazy crazy country because they definitely need our support right now so um but i think all my stuff's on Bandcamp for like super cheap and if you if you're a fan of physical copies, I have hand numbered copies of both releases. Uh, I think five bucks and you'll get both of them. So that's kind of right. yeah. So if you if you like that, go for it. All right. Solid. Well, uh, thank you for sitting with us. This has been Seymour Glass and uh, We're the Good Noise Podcast.